What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Welcome in. What's the spread? We are off and running. Thanks for joining us today. Brad, it is finally here. The one game that I've been waiting for for so long, Ohio State-Penn State on Saturday night. And what makes it even better is that we are the feature game. There are no other top 25 games on Uh-oh. Saturday. So the spotlight's going to be on, and we're going we're gonna to identify how good both teams really are. Because I don't think week one was a, a true indication of their, their skill level. I agree with that. There's a lot to get into, a lot to talk about today. So let's go ahead and start with this one, man. We got number three, Ohio State. Number 18, Penn State. On the road, no whiteout. That's usually what we get here. It's going to be a very eerily quiet and empty Beaver Stadium on Halloween night. Ohio State coming in here as 12-point favorites. Before we start breaking down the game, who are you going with? I'm going with the Buckeyes, Miles. Uh, I know you're probably surprised picking the Buckeyes in a tough game here, but I have to pick the Buckeyes. Miles, Journey Brown, we already knew was out. No Canes out for Penn State. Penn State, in their last five home games, are 0-5 against the spread. Now they have no whiteout, no fans. We watched the game together. The new OC, he needs to mix it up. Yeah. But when I went back and I rewatched some uh, Minnesota film and um, re- reread what uh, Flex said about their offense last year when he was getting criticized for that inside zone, uh, inside zone that they run, and he goes, we're an inside zone team. Right. Well, the problem with Penn State is I don't think that um, Clifford has the arm talent to really make that an effective offense play style because he's going to have to carry the load. Well, when he puts the ball in, he traps it. They're okay. They're okay to let the running back go. They're going to have to find someone to hurt them. And and it's a terrible reason to have that be my main argument, but that game against Indiana showed their offensive weakness and then they don't get the courtesy of having that Electric, electric cloud, crowd. I'm thinking Ohio State wins this by seven. This is going to be a close game. We know it until about the third, midway through the third quarter, and Ohio State's going to start pulling away. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the spread because I think there is something to be said here. Uh, a couple different things. First of all, I don't think I've ever picked against Ohio State on Uh-oh. the podcast in the years that we've been doing this thing. But I just feel good about Penn State plus 12. And let me also be clear that I never bet against Ohio State. Yep. So I may be picking Penn State plus 12, but no way in hell am I ever going to bet against Ohio State. Here's here's where I'm at, Brad. Okay. I want to talk about last week. Let's talk about Indiana and Penn State, that game. Yes. Indiana has been so close so many times yep. against Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. They were going to get one eventually. Yes. And it took that you know miraculous two-point conversion, amazing play, uh, big gamble, by Tom Allen, and, and, and it paid off. It was going to happen. I, I just think that with this spread, right, 12 points, I think if Penn State wins that game last weekend, I think this spread is sitting around seven and a half, eight points. That's yep. where I thought it was going to be at in the beginning of the season. If it was the whiteout game, I think Ohio State would be favored by four and a half, five okay. and a half. I think the whiteout is worth three or four points. For me, I think that Ohio State, Nebraska came out with a really good game offensive game plan against Ohio State, and our defense was really flat-footed in the first half. Yes. Their run game was really strong. You mentioned the uh, run game that Penn State's trying to establish. Yes. Uh, they don't really have the backs for it right now. Clifford, uh, I think he had to run for he had to run for 119 yards yeah, 119 uh, last week. He, he ended up having a pretty good offensive game, but I would also agree with you on the arm talent. I don't think it's there. Fields is going to put on a show. Ohio State, I feel like, is going to win decisively, but I just don't see them 
covering the 12. I see like a 9, 10, or 11 point win here. But am I crazy for not going with do you Ohio think, State? Do you think that Penn State's going to score in the 30s? Because I don't. And my problem is with the game that Penn State played, not one time was there really where I was like, man, they're playing a sound game, defense and offense. The problem with Ohio State is you know you guys are going to score. I don't have the faith that Penn State will keep in this game for a long time. The only way, the only way Penn State makes this a close game is if they disrupt your offense early and, turn, and make you guys turn the ball over. You just have to come from behind. Well, and that's the other thing too. Uh, so Fields won't turn the ball over. I know that. Um, but our run game really wasn't good last no, week. I had that as my notes. Lack uh, yeah. of run game. Really struggled, uh, which we've seen that before. I saw it in 2018. Yep. We didn't see it last year because Dobbins was electrifying. Um, but we are definitely trying to find an identity. Uh, we were going back and forth between Trey Sermon and Master T, you know, trying to find somebody to pick it up. The offensive line, I feel like, didn't look as good as we thought they were going to look. And I was really worried about the defense. I know that our defense really, uh, you know, shut Nebraska down in the second half. It took a couple big plays, but I'm telling you, Brad, in the beginning, I was nervous. I was just because it was the first game. They came out with a really good game plan. Yep. Um, really good run game. They couldn't throw the ball. No. Worth a damn. But Penn State doesn't need to throw the ball. They're going to be running the football. And I also think their defense is way better uh, than what it showed against Indiana. Indiana actually got outgained by a lot of yards yeah. on that game on Saturday. There was there was there was a lot of plays that could have gone I just this think, way or that. I just don't think Indiana's offense is that good. That's what where I was worried about. That's a fair point. Um that's a fair point. I they they were underwhelming for me. Yes. Um, at that point, but uh one more thing that I want to say about the game is again, the spread. I feel like if it was the wide out, it would be four and a half, five and a half. I feel like if Penn State I don't want to hear anybody saying that they're not a good football team because they are still a really talented football team and they're going to come out on Saturday with something to prove. They're going to give us a good game. Like you said, if Ohio State does end up covering the spread, it's going to be close at least until the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a 10-point game throughout. And maybe it's just me being a, you know, being a little pessimistic about our performance last weekend. Uh, but man, I... It, it's a win-win for me because if you know if Penn State covers, then I end up being right. But if Ohio yeah. State covers, then we look really damn good. Yeah, I think Ohio State's going to cover eight and one against the spread in their last nine after. I mean, we are a covering machine right now. I don't too. even want to go through all the trends, but let's just say you guys don't cover. I think that it will have to be an effort from behind. I don't think Penn State is going to keep up with you as scoring wise. What I saw from Justin Fields, and I, I remember messaging you this, yeah. where a lot of analysts are saying that Justin Fields is a lot closer to Trevor Lawrence than, than people think. Right. Justin Fields is going to be out to prove it all season. And I'm starting to believe that, too. Like, and, this is going to be the year he's where he's, yeah, he's like, yeah. screw this. He, he he was a drop touchdown pass away from being 21 of 21 yeah. on Saturday. I mean, he was flawless yes. throwing the football. Uh, it's going to be tough for Penn State to to defend that. And to, yeah, it, like you said, they're going to have to keep up on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. All right, what we got next? Up next, uh, we have number 17, Indiana. 10-point favorite coming off a big victory versus Penn State, traveling to Rutgers, who's also coming off a big victory versus Michigan State. Huge win. Who do you got? Oh, my God. I went back and forth on this game, and um, initially I had Rutgers plus 10. I'm going to roll with Indiana minus 10. Um, for me, I think this is a huge letdown spot for Rutgers. It's also going to show two very important things that we missed out that the public's going to miss out on mm -hmm. when backing Rutgers here. Rutgers could not throw the ball. They relied heavily on the run game. We saw, outside of the quarterback run, we saw Indiana do a very 
good job at stopping the run. Also, I'm all about letdown spots in college football. When you have a big master win like that, that Rutgers had, to come back from that and, and to get your guys gassed for the next game, I don't see it happening. Um, every indication for this game, every trend you want to look up, you can honestly make an, an argument for either side. I couldn't say anything better myself. I'm also riding with Indiana minus 10 here. I think it's a big letdown spot for Rutgers. Yeah. Huge. I think the spread indicates um, you know, a Rutgers team that had that win 38-27 last weekend over Michigan State. But Michigan State turned the ball over seven yes. times. Last weekend, and they only won 38 to 27. So before you run and start to put your money on Rutgers, because I know they're going to be a hot pick. Oh, especially I, with plus I think 10. they're eating like 65% of the bets. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me, but yeah. I'm fading that all day long. I think the Penix is a better quarterback than what he showed. He's facing a really tough Penn State defense, and they still ended up winning the game. Yep. This is a, Rutgers is playing with a bunch of transfers right now. It's Greg Schiano's first year. Huge win for them. Huge win. To open up. That just goes to show uh, the great coaching that they have. Indiana also coming off a huge win, so it, you could argue it could be a letdown spot for either of them. But listen, with only 10 points, I, I remember last weekend, Michigan State dropped from 12.5 to 9.5, and, yes. and I said, I have to take this. Yes. It was against Rutgers. Yep. It, it ended up not being the right call, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to start picking Rutgers just because of one big win. Yep. Uh, this reminds me a lot of Les Miles' first win at Kansas. When Les Miles Good finally comparison. started doing that, and, and people started backing Kansas. Yes. Now we're back to the days where we're like, it's Kansas. Yeah, it's Kansas. Right, exactly. So. All right, next up, we got Arkansas at number eight, Texas A&M, uh, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Texas A&M is 12.5-point favorites here. I'll go ahead and start. When I started to look into this game, I relied on the series history for my pick. And speaking of hot teams who are uh, the topic of the – I mean – we got Arkansas here looking to get a win and get in position in the SEC West, which I never thought I would put Wild. in the same sentence, but I am going with Arkansas here, plus 12 and a half. Very curious to see who which side you're on. This is actually my game of the week, um, and I'm going Arkansas plus 12 and a half. So, Lay it on me. I try to do a lot of uh, analytical digging in these games. I, I like to bet a lot on feel and trends, but the analytics for this game are really good, right? Mm-hmm. So... Arkansas is one of the few teams who played more than three games who were undefeated against the spread. Yep. So Texas A&M is two and two against the spread. So I wanted to see what the average margin of victory is and what they were versus the spread. Both have a negative margin of victory, you know, obviously, because Mm -hmm. both have some brutal losses where Arkansas has a 17-point loss to UGA and and TMU has a big loss to um, Alabama. But what's really important is how they do compared to the spread they have. Arkansas is 12 points positive to the spread, 12.5 points positive, and Texas A&M is minus four points from the spread. So if you go back and you look at Arkansas's only double-digit loss in week one to to Georgia, since then, Felipe Franks has thrown for 774 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, and he's completing 68% of his passes. And in that game where he threw that one interception, it was his worst game where he threw for 224 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and the interception didn't even change the landscape of the game. Texas A&M, I believe, will win this game. But this is going to be another game where you have Texas A&M is going to have to, to, to grind it out. Off a of bye week, 17-7-19 and, and 19 in their last 26 games. But just look at every single thing Arkansas is bringing into this. Momentum. They're covering. They're doing well. They play well off bye weeks, and they're getting a double-digit spread in a game where they could possibly be a live underdog. 
Arkansas has given us a big enough sample size this year to yes. prove that they are playing like a legit middle-of-the-road SEC team yeah. that can compete with other middle-of-the-road SEC teams. The program is certainly not where A&M is recruiting-wise, but the coaching for Arkansas has been incredible. I love the series history here. All right, First of all, as you said, Arkansas, 4-0 against the spread. So I'll ride the hot hand. 12.5 points. I think it's, honestly, based on the performances this year, I think 12.5 is way too high. Yes. Okay. Arkansas has eight straight losses against Texas A&M. However, five of those losses were by less than a touchdown, and three of those losses were in overtime. Yes. Now, this game is always played on a neutral field, so this is uh, the first time in a while that it's going to be played um, at one of these campuses. But again, no crowd, so I'm not, not really taking that into effect, and I'm liking the 12.5. Loving the 12.5. Um, I mean, in their last six games, an underdog 6-0 against the spread. Like that's Impressive. Enough. Arkansas snuck up on me. Kellen Mond now is, that I'm picking him, he's playing a lot better throughout the season, yeah. but he's not. He's still not the guy. Right, and, to, and, and to that was the other point down. I wanted to make is that Kellen Mond is prone to mistakes. Yeah, and Arkansas forced six interceptions last week against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has proven to have a pretty good offense this yes. year at times. But six interceptions, Mond will make mistakes in this game. And yes, that, and, that, and you know all we need is for Mond to make two mistakes, and it's enough to cover the twelve and a half. All right, what are we ending with? We're ending with the game that I'm very excited to watch because this is going to tell me a lot about both teams. Number 15, North Carolina, six and a half point favorite traveling to Virginia. Night game. Miles, I will start. I'm going with North Carolina. Who are you going with? I like North Carolina here, man. Minus six and a half. Virginia. When I started digging into this game, I was actually surprised um, at the spread. I know that Virginia has... Uh, listen, actually, no. I'm going to I'm gonna take that back. Virginia has given me nothing to be confident and take them uh, with the points here, even if it was seven or seven and a half. Virginia has the worst pass defense in the entire conference, and North Carolina right now is balling. In their last three games, they're averaging over 550 total yards on offense. I think that for this game, to for Virginia to cover, they're going to have to keep up with North Carolina. Are you kidding me? North Carolina's going to win this game by three scores. I'm so glad you said that. Virginia, terrible pass defense. Horrible. Uh, I think they're what thirty no offense like thirty six worst rush defense along one hundred and thirty six oh it's thirty fourth worst rush defense one hundred and thirty six rush yards per game they're going against a team who has a very comparable quarterback in Sam Howell yep. but also to make that even harder they're going against a team who's averaging two hundred fifty yards on the ground very balanced attack Devontae Williams will have a field day I will take his player prop yep. because I know he's going to run for over one hundred and ten yards. This is not a trap game for North Carolina. I think no. North Carolina easily wins by three scores. They're also averaging 14.6 yards per completion, and now they're coming in against the worst pass defense in the entire conference, and they only got to win by a touchdown. There's no way in hell they lose the game. I think it's a blowout. Yes, I think it's a blowout. Average margin of victory for North Carolina this year is 12.8 points per game. Listen, this is a game where I already know the lines moved from 6.5 to 7. Right. Lock this Still in early. It. Yeah, because it, it's it gonna will be, move. It's going to be a big game. You know North Carolina... After they had that big loss, they have still have something to prove because yeah. in their minds, if they make it to the ACC championship, they are a playoff contender. Yep. They got a shot still. So uh, no one is ever out of it with one loss, and North Carolina is still trying to prove that they were worth the hype that they had all, yes. all offseason, and I think that it continues here. All right, let's go to the dogs. We started really hot with the dogs, yeah, uh, but we're uh, looking for some more wins here. Looking for some wins. Um, for me... It was tough to find because I found a lot of three-point dogs that were really weird. Um, and I'm going Kansas State, three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is just the wrong team favorite. A lot of times you take dogs, you want to take shots. Honestly, this is just the wrong team that's favorite. Kansas State should be the favorite here. Um, you know, I'm a Mountaineer, West Virginia guy, but I'm going 
Kansas State all day. Better I, team. Yeah, I, I think we're both going to get a win this week because that's what I had. Uh, Kansas State plus three and a half over West Virginia. I had, you know, I looked through the games two, three times, trying to find something that stood out, and then finally I come across this game uh, in one of my sweeps, and I thought it was a typo. I thought that I, yeah. really this is one of the as you said. I think that Kansas State should be the favorite here. There's actually quite a few pretty good looking uh, plus three and a half point underdogs. Like Temple, I think uh, is another one too that yeah. looks pretty good. Temple um, versus Tulane. Yeah. So I, I mean, so kind of take a look there. But Kansas State playing really good football. Uh, so I like taking the uh, points there. All right. So before we do our uh, rapid fire NFL, uh, let's go ahead and uh, break for our sponsors. Hey, Miles. You know what would be pretty cool? If there's a social media app just for sports. You know, Brad, I was just thinking that. Like a social media app where there's a feed, where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game, and you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Vigit is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Vigit, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today. We back. Yes, we are back. All right. So let me say, last week we had the Titans and the Steelers. Yes. And you picked correctly with the Steelers. Uh, I was on the side of the Titans. It ended up being a really good game. The Steelers Great almost game. blow it in the end. Uh, we got the Steelers again here, headlining another game of the week. We got the Steelers at the Ravens. The Ravens are four point favorites. Which side do you want? It's all good. I'm going with the Steelers. Listen. I know everyone's going to back the Ravens, so I'm just going to keep waiting until this line just balloons up. This is the Steelers' year. I said this time and time again that I have a preseason bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. This Steelers team is playing good defense, and I thought they were going to take a major step back last week. But you, I did too. Everyone has to remember how good that, that uh, Titans offense is. Yeah. The Steelers play well, but the real story is Ben Roethlisberger. Coming off an injury this season... 68%, completing 68% of his passes, thrown for over 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. And I feel like not enough people are talking about no. this. Ben Roethlisberger is playing like his rookie year right now. Yep. This kid has come out of nowhere. Not even a kid anymore. He's a grown-ass man. But, I mean, he's come out of nowhere to have this excellent season. Yeah. And, listen, I'm not doubting the Steelers again. I'm certainly not betting against the Steelers two weeks in a row. So, I'm also all over the Steelers here. And I think that people will continue to back the Ravens. So yep. I'm also going to be looking for that line to get higher and higher. The Ravens, you know, this is for me as a matchup for the Ravens. Ravens haven't been particularly well at their pass defense. Right. Yeah. The Steelers are going to pass the ball. The Ravens are a run first defense and the Steelers have an amazing run defense. I think it'll be a lot like the Titans game where the Steelers will just get up early and then try to coast the rest of the game. And the Ravens will be taken out of their offensive play style. Yeah. And what have we seen out of Lamar Jackson in these big games? More often than not, he doesn't play well when the spotlight is on him. I'm, I'm not saying that he isn't capable of having a good game, he, because obviously he's the, he's the MVP. Yes. Like he, he has had good games. But I'm saying is that more often than not, when the spotlight is on him in a big game like this, te- good, te- good defenses and good teams will find ways to shut him down. Yes. They're going to shut down the run. Yep. They're going to force him to throw. Derrick Henry was stymied. Last weekend. Yes. I mean, what do you have, it like was, 89 rushing yards, bad. I think? So, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry has been the best running back in the NFL Yes, um, so far this year. He's been a force. And the Steelers, shutting him down in the first half and taking that big lead in, into the locker room is what allowed them to coast in the second half. Yes. I think the Steelers go in with a very similar game plan, and I don't think the Ravens are going to have an answer. I got some trends. Here we go. The Steelers are 8-2 against the spread in their last 10 as a road dog, while Baltimore 5-12 against the spread in their last 17 as home favorites. Additionally, keeping in mind that this is a conference 
or uh, division game. The underdog in this matchup is 4-0-1 against the spread in their last five meetings. I like that. And I think four is uh, very favorable because, listen, I don't think there's any way that, that this game is not close. Yes. This game is going to be a close game. If it is a blowout, it'll go the Steelers' way. Absolutely. The Ravens aren't going to blow out the Steelers because they're, it's just not that kind of matchup for them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Look at the games that the Ravens played this year. Like, you know, everyone's saying the Ravens are, are playing so well, but not particularly. I mean, the two games where they blow out their opponents, they had the, the Washington terrible team and then they have the Bengals who literally couldn't get anything going on offense and then what had a, a turnover um a pick six or a scoop and score or whatever Baltimore had a scoop and score both those games they would have hardly gotten the 20s their offense is not where it's at they didn't score 20 points against against the Chiefs and they scored 30 against the Eagles but gave up 28 this game's gonna be close the Steelers are gonna win this game all right I'm gonna let you take the next one my friend because I think there is a particular reason why you decided to pick this game <sighs> the next game we have the Los Angeles Rams Minus three and a half, traveling to the Miami Dolphins. Everyone in America thinks that, what are they doing in Miami? Why are they starting Tua Tagovailoa? What are they thinking? Against the Rams, you see how good the Rams are playing? No, guys, listen. This is Trap Game Central. There is a reason why they decided to start Tua. You don't start Tua when your team is going downhill. Why? Because you want your the rest of your team to play up for their new guy. Trap game, another trap game reason, the Rams. In their last five home games, versus the, I mean, last five road games versus the Dolphins, have lost them all. Dolphins, their last five games following a bye week, 5-0 against the spread. This season at home, what, 4-1 against the spread? I think that this has trap written all over it because Tua's going to sling the ball, and that defense is... Solid. They have good corners. They get pressure on the quarterback. All it takes is one good drive for Tua to know that, oh my God, I can compete at a high level with these guys. It's over. But I will say it's going to be against a really tough defense. Yeah. And the Rams are playing really well. Listen, I'm going with the Rams here. They came through for me last week with a big cover on Monday Night Football against the Bears, where I think it was up to seven by uh, by game time. We got a three and a half point spread here. Their history in Miami is not pretty. I don't think they've won a game in Miami since we've been alive. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the history was uh, was saying, which I was surprised to see. Very, I mean, listen, this is L.A. to Miami. Uh, so, also, you got the travel time. You got Tua's first game. A lot of hype. Dolphins have actually been playing pretty well. But the Rams' defense, only allowing 17.7 points per game, which is second in the NFL. And everything that I've said about the Rams over the past weeks is starting to come to fruition a little bit. Jared Goff is actually playing really efficient football. He recovered after having a really bad game a couple weeks ago, but looked really good on, I think, really efficient, really good on Monday night. Was mistake-free, running the offense, converting third downs, letting his defense win the football game for him. I think that if he follows that game plan, I think they're going to be able to cover here. Listen, just so you don't think that I'm like doing the total homer pick. Sure. When I sent the game over, I actually had Rams. Uh, minus three and a half. So what made you change your mind? I dug into this game a little bit more, and I was looking at how stout this defense is for the Rams. But then I went back and I looked at the teams they played and what happened. When they played against the Bills, they allowed 35 points. When they played against the Giants, they only allowed nine because of the Giants. When they played against right. Washington, it was 10 because it's Washington. But then when they played against the 49ers, they, they allowed another 24 points. When they played against good teams with okay offenses, fair point. they've lost the games, and those were against the yeah. Bills and the 49ers. I think that this offense is going to provide enough trouble, especially how do you scout for this? How do you, how, how do you scout for Tua? 
right. in the NFL. What's Miami going to do? Yeah. Because it's definitely not going to be the same offense that he ran with Steve Sarkeesian. So it's, it's just a lot coming into play here that made me comfortable with taking the three and a half. Lot to be excited about here. I mean, I I was uh, before the draft. I really thought that Miami was going to be a good spot for Tua, and I still believe that. So can't wait for Tua time. All right, next we got a game that I put on the dock today: New England Patriots at Buffalo Bills. The Bills are three and a half point favorites at home. Not something that we're used to seeing when it comes to the Patriots and the Bills. There's a reason I want to talk about this game today, Brad, because I feel like. First of all, this game's a little bit under the radar. Yes. I just feel like there's a lot of storylines going on here. Yeah, we are talking about a Bills. Patriots matchup that since the year 2000, the Bills have lost 35 of 39 games to the Patriots. They've lost seven in a row to the Patriots. Belichick has found a way to beat the Bills time in and time again. Even when the Bills were hyped or had a decent team, the Patriots still come in and kick their ass. I'm going to admit before I say my pick, I did have the Bills when I saw it for the first time, but then you know what? I went with the Patriots plus three and a half, and I'm going with the history. I'm going with the coaching. At this point, I think it's a mental thing. The question is, are the Bills ready to cross that threshold? Patriots are two and four. Newton is playing horribly. Two touchdowns to seven interceptions. Benched last game. The Patriots have been horrific in their last three games. Outscored 77 to 28. So I must be nuts for taking the Patriots plus three and a half. Please tell me you're taking the Bills. And I am you're taking not on the Bills. Train. Listen. And, and tell me why. I did the same thing you did last week. Okay. And I used uh, Belichick against his former quarterbacks. Yep. And all everything that sounds sweet when it comes off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Everything he said sounded beautiful. I was like, God, heck yeah, man. I would bet the Patriots too, but I cannot do it. Listen, when the Patriots don't perform well, they don't rebound well. Two and five against the spread in their last seven games falling against the spread lots. Distractions galore. Gilmore put his house up for sale. He wants out. There are going to be players who would, we'd rather the season be over than for them to fight for a, a, a spot and something that's not going to happen. The Bills are, are sitting right at the top of the AFC East, yep. and they after they had their two-game losing streak, finally snapped it and, and played better. We just need Josh Allen to control the ball. Listen, also, 4-0 against the spread as their last four games as a home favorite. I think 3.5 is is good enough for me to go ahead and take care of this. We also have to remember no Edelman. The run game, we don't know what's going to happen. Cam Newton's a running game for for New England. It's 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 okay. Nothing the, is there right now. It, it, it's okay because for the Patriots. Patriots can go and have a 5-win season True. and they're going to bounce back in a year or two and no one's going to remember this 5-win yeah. season. Draft Justin Fields and then, you know, yeah. pair him with Belichick and then we'll see how it goes. Could you imagine a Tua Tagovailoa versus Josh Allen division race? In, oh my in, in god. The I mean, this is why the Dolphins, you know, went with Tua yeah. because it's it's an opportunity where they they can absolutely compete for the division. Yes. Uh not saying that Fitzpatrick wasn't having a good season, but Tua has that ceiling. Yeah. Uh you know, like Allen does. So, it's going to be really fun to see a team that's not the Patriots, actually compete for the AFC East. All right, what's our last game? Last, we're ending with the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are a three-point favorite. I locked in the Seahawks as soon as I dug into this game. I'm with you, man. Uh, Seahawks minus three. Uh, you know, we. this is what I love about this, is that we're, we seem to be talking about a lot of the same teams every Sunday. Yep. Which, you know, makes me feel more comfortable about where I'm picking them. But last, we also picked against, yeah. I was about to say, last weekend... We correctly picked the Cardinals yes. to cover plus three and a half. What a great pick that was. Yes. 
Pat on the back, bud. Nice work. I was really proud of that one. Yeah, it I, was. I mean, because, I, I was because we were both really, really confident in that. Yes. We knew exactly what was going to happen. Yep. The Seahawks defense couldn't stop Kyler Murray in the Arizona offense. Yep. That's been looking a lot better. Uh, but Russell Wilson is still being Russell Wilson. The Seahawks defense hasn't the Seahawks defense hasn't looked great, but listen, I'm not confident in the 49ers like I was in the Cardinals offense. No, not even a little bit. And and the problem here with the 49ers is they're gonna have to keep up with that pace that the like the like the, Card- right. like the exactly. Cardinals did. You're gonna have to. You, we have the, the their the, defense isn't gonna slow down Russell Wilson. Yes. He's gonna score. The number one scoring offense in the entire NFL yeah. is taking the field in a home game as a three point favorite. Russell Wilson's averaging. I mean, this team's averaging thirty three point eight points per game. Like you have a team exactly. that's what five and two against the spread in their last seven, and that one not against the spread uh, game is where I honestly thought they should have been underdogs versus Arizona. So realistically, it should have been six six and one against the spread because it could, should have been a, a pick 'em or a three point swing. But whatever. I just think that you know, Forty Nineers are banged up. Yeah, especially the backfield. Backfield's banged uh, up. Defense, defense side of the ball up. and. Just really surprised to see such a low spread. Again, just there's no way the Niners are going to keep up with Seattle, and Seattle is going to score. Not to mention, the Seahawks straight up are 11-2 in their last 13 games against the 49ers. And with three points, yep. that's 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 almost a money line. If they're going to win the game, it's going to be by more than three. Locked that, I locked that game in so quick, it wasn't even crazy. And, you know, that's one of those, don't overthink it. Like, they just have so many weapons on, on offense. Yeah. I mean, even if Chris Carson can't go, ready? You have, what, uh... Carlos Hyde, who looked really good. DJ Dallas, who's an underrated back that a lot of people don't know about. And then you have Russell. So the run yeah. game's still there. Carlos and, Hyde is just finding a way to keep a role in the NFL. Yes. And I love it. He is, I mean, this guy's been around for almost 10 years. Yeah, guys. and keeps that career going. Yeah, which is really cool. I say we just end every show with an NFC West matchup. It, it seems to be bringing this us good luck. Now, so. yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download the podcast on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, or however else you get your podcast. Best of luck in your bets this week. And let's go, Buckeyes.